Hi, I'm Gabby. Hi, I'm Mariana. And this is She's Fruitful. We're a faith-based podcast that talk about all things Jesus, relatable things and experiences that we have gone through. And we're just going to share insights and go through scripture as well. Yep, today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13, going over the parable of the sower. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get into it, we actually have a nice little fun icebreaker to go through. So, Gabby... (laughs) So if you guys ever want to have a cool, fun game to play with your friends, um, this is Christian Culture. I got it from Amazon, but okay, let me ask the question. So answer this question. If you were one of the Israelites fleeing Egypt, what food would you want God to drop from the sky other than manna and quail? Oh my goodness. (laughs) What food? Probably like five guys. Yeah, five guys. <laughs> Just drop a nice burger. Yeah, I can never go with, with all burgers. the toppings. It's literally my favorite food. Chick fil A. Chick fil A is good too. Mm. Love Chick fil A. Yeah, I think it really does. I don't know. I'm just, as long as I have fries. Yeah, no, I love fries. I'm big and on I fries. love Chick fil A fries. <laughs> I think Chick fil A has. The I think best that's probably fries. the best fries. Yeah. yeah More absolutely. than like five guys. I feel like their fries are kind of soggy, to be honest. Yeah, no, I like a nice crispy fry. So. <laughs> That's That's so talking funny. about fries. <laughs> okay, okay. So. Okay, so we're gonna start with the parable of the sower. Verse one. It goes, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see, and to hear what you hear but did not hear. Listen, then, to what the parable of the sower means." When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is a seed along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When troubles or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. 
But the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is someone who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So good. I know. So good. It's a lot to cover. Unpack, yeah. <laughs> um, well, first, I just kind of wanted to point out a verse, and it's verse 11. And it says, this is when the disciples asked Jesus, like, why are you speaking to people in stories? That's what a parable is. A parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the Gospels. So he's like, why are you telling stories and in, in to like kind of explain the lessons? And uh, Jesus says that what is contained in this parable is the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. So... Um, we and he says that we understand it his disciples our followers we just receive the word and we understand it but the people of this world don't understand it i think also too it's it's good that jesus speaks this way because you have to actually want to understand exactly. you know you have to hear it and you have to actually want to see what he's saying and see what he's trying to get across so it's not just like everybody mm. hears it and you know yeah and um, your translation might say secrets or it might say mysteries, but this refers to something you and I would have absolutely no knowledge of if God had not come to reveal it. Mm. In other words, it's something that is completely hidden from us unless we, he had come and speak to us about it. So, yeah, yeah. isn't that kind of cool? I know, I love that. <laughs> and just to clarify, so the seed would be God's word mm -hmm. and the sower is going to be Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um and so the soil is the condition of the heart. The heart. So what Jesus is doing in this passage is showing and explaining to us as why some people respond differently to the gospel. Hmm. Um, so in this parable, like you said, there's a farmer. And he's trying to plant seeds and he scatters the seed. And ultimately, the seed falls on four different kinds of soil which Jesus explains to be the condition of mm -hmm. the heart. So the soil may or may not be welcoming to the seed. In other words, your heart, the condition of your heart may or may not be welcoming to the word of God. Mm. So let's look at verse four. We're going to break it down kind of verse by verse. Um, it says, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. So this is a path that has been walked over and over and has been so compacted into an ultra hard surface that kind of resembles concrete more than it does soil. So the, there's nowhere for the seed to go. It just kind of lands on the surface. It doesn't penetrate through and the birds come and eat it up. And then verses five and six, it says, some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. So this isn't the type of ground where there's a bunch of rocks and pebbles. The farmer is not trying to plant seeds on rocks, right? But this is the type of ground where there's soil, but right beneath it is rock. So imagine when you're kind of like digging in your backyard when you were little or in your backyard now for whatever reason. <laughs> um, but you're like digging and digging and after a few inches of digging, you're hitting hard rock clay or hard just rock, or like hard rock surface. So this is what it means. It looks like there's good ground being planted on, but beneath it is actually hard panned ground. And it, it like, you know, it takes a little bit of root, but once it, the sun comes up, it withers away and it, and it scorches up, it dies. Oh, that was really good, Gabby. I yeah. love that. I, I used to definitely dig around in my yard. Yeah. So I'm like, guilty. Same. <laughs> um, but I love how that analogy of, you know, there's not a root. So in any 
like any plant, anything that's going to produce any kind of fruit has to be rooted. And Jesus tells us that you ha- we have to be rooted in him. We have to be rooted in the source mm-hmm. because that's when someone can come and take your fruit and mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about running and trying to get it back because you know you're rooted in God and mm-hmm. that you're going to produce more. Exactly. I love that analogy. It's so good. Yeah. So we know it's not the seed and we know it's not the sower. So if God's word isn't working, we have to check the ground it's landing on. So going to verse 7, other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plant. Jesus uses this metaphor because just as weeds steal nutrients from the soil and the light from the sun, it also can hold back the plant from growing and growing to maturity to the point where it can never multiply. Yeah. So then going to verse 8, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. So there is like so much value in good soil. Farmers will go and they'll search and they'll search just to acquire land that is able to produce a crop. That's literally everything, of course, to a farmer. everything to them. So with good soil, you're able to plant a seed, watch it grow, and eventually reap a harvest. So Jesus means that a person's heart who is willing to hear the word and not only hear it, but actually apply it and act on it. Mm -hmm. That's what good soil is going to be. And I love that Bible verse saying that, you know, God's eyes scour the earth, like looking for someone's oh. heart to strengthen. Yeah. So he's already knows whose heart is going to receive. He already knows which ones it's going to be planted in and are actually able to take root and to multiply and grow. I love that. And that's that's pretty much what he it matters, you know, yeah. because it's one thing to just hearing, but we know mm-hmm. it's so easy to just say we're Christian and say exactly. that we know the word and we know God and we have a relationship with God and we're in church and we love Jesus. But the second we leave in the out the parking lot, we're yeah. blasting secular music <laughs> exactly. or cursing or whatever it is. Yeah, I definitely think there's a difference between saying that you love God and he's, you know, Jesus is Lord and versus actually receiving jesus as lord Mm. there's a difference you you see it and jesus when you know jesus when you meet jesus he transforms your life like your life is changed he he is the lord of all right like how you would say he's either lord of all or not lord at all yeah yeah and um so you go to him in all your decisions in all your your ways everything everything starts to change somebody that says they love jesus and that he is lord but doesn't show the fruits of that it's he's really it's not (laughs) yeah exactly we're supposed to have almost like that tunnel vision yeah exactly like everything is supposed to be you know and i think just to pause um and kind of mention something that it's not burdensome Mm -hmm. i know a lot of the times we think it's something that's such a, a burden because we have to lose things but really it's life i've had more fun now than i had ever in my entire life living in the world like yeah i do things and for example when i was living in the world like i would have to like literally drink to be social like i would have because i would get like social anxiety and i would have to drink so that i can just open up and talk to people and now it's more natural for me to do Mm. that and this has changed so much inside of me that i am not the same person as i was before but i've also realized that it's so much more fun and more true and genuine when you have fun in different ways 
Yeah, that's so true. I think that that's just aligning your viewpoint with God's too. Mm-hmm. Like now you're in environments that he is going to want you in rather than environments that you think that you should be in. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely such a good point. And then going to verse nine, whoever has ears, let them hear. So God's not talking about physical ears. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, most of us are going to have ears, <laughs> um, but he's talking about spiritual <laughs> ones. Funny. Oftentimes, like Jesus would speak to people and they would hear what he's saying, but they would not pay close attention to it. It would just go pretty much in one ear and out the other. So, and this phrase is mentioned 15 times in the New Testament. Let those who have ears, let them hear. And it actually originates from the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 29.4. And it says, Then Moses was rebuking the rebellious Israelites by saying, But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. So I think we a lot of times we have a tendency of thinking that just hearing God's word is enough. But this verse is highlighting people who hears the word of God and the command of God, but they completely lack the desire to be obedient to him, Mm -hmm. to actually to follow him, to actually understand and find the importance of his word. And we know that makes us spiritually unproductive. Yeah. So God's power can't be made known when you take it in, but you don't allow it to change your heart. You Mm -hmm. don't allow it to soften your heart. And even in the Old Testament or the New, I actually don't know the address of this. (laughs) He says, um, I'm going to give you the I'm going to take your heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Like, I'm going to give you a heart that's actually able to receive and be receptive of God's word. Mm -hmm. And. God's power can't be made made known in general if you don't take it in and you don't allow it to change your tendencies and you don't allow it to pretty much help you to let go of that sin. Mm -hmm. And if you desire to have ears to hear, it's all going to start with your heart. Mm -hmm. So God knows when when you're genuinely seeking him. He knows when you're genuinely trying to have a relationship with him. And this comes through obedience. So understanding what God's saying, understanding why he's saying what he's saying, understanding that even if we don't agree with what God's saying, at the end of the day, he's God and I'm not. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to trust in him and his character because he's always been faithful. He's always shown me who he is. Mm -hmm. So even though I don't particularly agree or Mm -hmm. like this, I'm going to apply it to my life. And God has given us such a wonderful gift of salvation. And I love how he explains it in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. It says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Later on, we see that even though this is true, faith without works is dead. So in other words, true faith should be represented in the actions that we have and the way we choose to live. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives us ears to hear. But it is our responsibility to act upon that gift. And another one in Hebrews 3.15, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. So if you are constantly ignoring God's voice, if you're constantly ignoring that knock on your door, your heart's just going to become more hardened, more calloused, and you're not going to be able to hear his voice anymore. And... I don't want that to scare people because God's still always ready to forgive. 
God's mm-hmm. still always with open arms. And even if you're so far gone, some people, I hear that a lot. Like, I couldn't step into church. The, the yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll be in flames. Or I could never, uh, God could never forgive me for, like, what I've done or how far I've strayed from him. Yeah, like, but nobody knows what I've done. Exactly, but that's the whole point of Jesus. That's yeah. the whole point of the gospel. Exactly. And one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Paul. He mm. was, and he's he's used most of like the New Testament. Is it the New yeah, Testament? He wrote yeah, yep. the New Testament, and God used him, and he was yeah. killing hundreds and hundreds of Christians, and he used his story. It's Romans eight twenty eight. He used he turns it all around for the good of his glory. Everything he turns it around and uses it for his good and for his glory. So no matter what you did in your past, no matter what you know happened, he like once you give your life to Jesus, you are new again. You are born again. So you're never too far gone. And I was at a point in my life that I felt like I was too far gone. Like nobody knows what I've done. No one understands, but that is shame. And shame will separate you from God. And I said this before, but shame is uh, self-hatred at my expense. Mm. So guilt is understanding like what I did was wrong. Like, okay, I did that and that was wrong. But shame is like, I am wrong. I am a horrible person. So you have to take that mentality and throw it in the trash because mm. that is not yep. who you are. You you are created in the image of God. And He you come to him, you confess in him and he will forgive you. And you give your life to Jesus and you are born again. He doesn't remember your past. You're redeemed. That's so, so good, Gabby. And But just to think about like how far I was, but never far too far from God's grace. And I think the biggest thing that was for me is knowing that like I, I, like I hurt people. A lot of times sin, it doesn't only destroy you, but it also can destroy people around you. It affects everyone. That's why I always say sin is so selfish. Yeah. If you want to choose to live and indulge in sin, it's selfish. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you. It's going to hurt the people around you, your relationships and in work with friends, even even your, your mind, your whole mind yeah. changes. Everything changes. But... The good news. The good news. <laughs> God can fix you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And you're good. redeemed. <laughs> and you're redeemed, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go on to the next one. Um, and Jesus doesn't explain this parable until verse 18. But I want to reinstate that soil refers to the condition of the heart. So verse 18 and 19 says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So remember that this is the path that is like concrete. Jesus says this ground or soil represents the condition of the heart that lacks understanding. So this results in the person not receiving the word at all. And so Satan, which is symbolic to the birds in this this Mm -hmm. verse, Satan comes and snatches it away and the word makes no lasting effect in that person's life Mm. so there's a question we ask as to why it's so hard for some people to understand and receive the word right and the answer is in this verse it says the soil soil is rock hard which means the condition of the heart are hardened Mm. so paul explains this further in ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 and 18 it says 
So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. So Paul is saying, don't think like the Gentiles. Don't think like the people of this world. Don't live like them. Mm. Why is he saying that? He says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So in other words, they lean on their own understanding. They, they only think what they do what is right in their eyes. Mm. They don't ask for wisdom from God or anything. They just do right. So how do you get a hardened heart? In Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter three verse twenty three, it says, "But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness." So the heart is hardened by sin's deceitfulness.、Mm. Living in sin without conviction and repentance、oh. leads to a hard heart. That's so good. So Jesus is talking about a person who loves their sin. They can't let go of it. They do not want to change, and they have a condition of hardness that has taken over their hearts, their minds, their lives, and it robs them of their ability to. Understand the gospel, so Satan comes and snatches it away because they leave absolutely no room for the word of God to even take root. It just lands on their face or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the seed lands on the on、yeah. the ground, but it it doesn't make it. It doesn't even penetrate the、In、ground. Ear, so、uh, yeah,、yep. exactly. So. Verse twenty to twenty-one. It says, "The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away." So this is t- talking about those who receive the word. They hear the word of God and they're jumping with joy. They're on, so on fire with God, like they love God, everything, and then. A month goes by, six months, a year, and you don't hear from them anymore. You're like they're gone, right? And you go on social media, and they're back in the world, doing back to their going back to their worldly ways when hanging out with friends that also like caused them and led to them to sin. And you're just sitting there like, what is that all about? Like, what happened? I I don't know, like what what happened basically? And they seemed so delighted in the word of God. They were so excited, but. Some challenges arose. Whether that's obedience, they couldn't be obedient to the word of God, or they faced adversity from <laughs> they faced adversity from others of this culture of the world. So instead of applying from what they know of the word, they chose to submit to this world instead because they weren't strong in their faith. They were not strong in the word of God. So they chose to either get angry. They got offended, or they just couldn't withstand the adversity, and they just fade away. They they withered away. They scorched up. Man, I I really want to touch on two things that you you mentioned.、Um, first, the people with the hardened heart in the those first couple verses.、Uh, if you, I'm sure we all know people like that. I just want to encourage and to say, never stop praying.、Mm-hmm. Never stop praying because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful.、Mm-hmm. Going back to even the Old Testament, I want to say it's Elijah, but I could be completely wrong. He was a righteous man. He prayed three years that it wouldn't rain,、mm-hmm. and it didn't. And then he prayed again, and then it did. 
And we don't understand the power of prayer. Prayer should be our first response, not mm. our last resort. Prayer is literally bringing your problems or bringing a person or bringing your circumstance or situation to the throne of God. It's bringing it to heaven. He hears our prayers, especially when we are obedient to him. It kind of reminds me of another one talking about uh, how when husbands mistreat their wives, mm. it says be careful because it's going to hinder your prayers. Wow. So yeah, our, our, that's why our obedience matters so much. That's mm-hmm. why, because if, if, if you don't take God serious, why is he going to take you serious? Yeah. You know, because in a lot of the times when we're not taking God serious, the things we're praying for are way out of his will in the first place. Mm-hmm. So he can't bless us for those things. But when you're, when you're aligned with him, your prayers are going to be aligned with his will. So when I'm praying for someone's heart to be changed and someone's heart to be softened, most of the time, like God's going to be working. And then we could also trust him if it doesn't happen, knowing that he's the one who gives eyes to see and ears mm-hmm. to hear. And we could trust his timing. I agree. I think that prayer is so underestimated. Uh, My boyfriend's grandma, she's 84, and um, the other day she went into her garage and found her prayer book that she had like a few years ago, and she would write in it like throughout her life. Um, And it was a few books, not just one. (laughs) But she was like looking through them, and she saw that every prayer God answered and she just started crying and crying because you forget about the little things that you prayed about so Mm. ever since then I have been keeping a prayer book and I even recommend it for you guys like just keep a prayer book and I I I write it in black like my prayer and then in red is the day that he answered it and I think that looking back throughout your life you can go back and especially in hard times you can be like you, you you know you're going down through like a situation you could go back into your your prayer book and see how much God has blessed you and how much he has answered your prayers. Yeah. Cause I really think sometimes we, we forget that God is working and those are such good reminders that he is, even when we don't hear him, he's working. Even when we don't see him, he's mm-hmm. working. And another thing I wanted to mention is, you know, the deceitfulness of sin, like sin is, a lie like sin that's why it could feel good so temporarily but it's never something that lasts Mm -hmm. so just a reminder guys sin is gonna feel good but it's only gonna feel good until it doesn't and it is deceit we have to understand that we have an enemy out to get us and he knows that he can just has to get us to do what we already want to do It reminds me of the episode that we went over of the temptation and when Jesus was offered all these blessings by the enemy, which, you know, are curses in disguise. So, you know, these these temptations, these sins, these blessings seem good on the outside. But once you fall into this temptation, into these so-called blessings, mm-hmm. it leads to death. It leads to devastation. It leads to so much hurt. And it's better to just literally stick to the word of God. Do not sway away from the word of God because then you're going to be leaning on your own understanding. Yeah, and then you're going to, when you run from God's plan, you run into pain. Exactly. Sadly. But mm-hmm. some of us have to feel that. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I had to uh, to touch the stove mm-hmm. over and over and mm-hmm. over again until I was like, wow, this is like actually burning yeah. me. One thing um, I wanted to say about the hardened heart, it's it's those people that literally like don't want anything to do with the word of God. Like they hear the word of God or hear anything about it and they're just like, I don't want to hear about it. Like 
stop talking kind yeah. of thing. Those are the people that this soil, the first soil we mm -hmm. talked about is um, talking about. Yeah, and going to the second one, I really wanted to touch on, um, you know, we really do receive it at jo uh, with joy. I think about even when I was lukewarm, I, I loved, I delighted in God's word, you know, mm -hmm. but as soon as I didn't feel him, and, you know, like maybe I didn't see him working how I thought he would. It, he becomes, he, we put him on the back burner, mm -hmm. you oh, know? Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and that's what, if you're especially new to the faith and you have received God and you feel so good about it, just hang in there. Like always, perseverance is everything. The testing of our faith is like produces that perseverance. Mm -hmm. So even when you're in a relationship with him, you're going to have times where you don't necessarily feel like he's close to you or feel yeah. joyful. But that's why it's a choice. We already know what he says. Fight the enemy with God's word. I will never leave you. I will mm -hmm. never forsake you. Mm -hmm. Choose joy. Rejoice always in every circumstance for this is God's will for you in Christ mm -hmm. Jesus. It's all choice. Mm -hmm. Choice is the most spiritual thing that we can do. Choosing to believe God. Choosing to understand God. And it happened to me, like just to be like vulnerable, I always have problems saying that word. <laughs> it happened to me this morning. Like I was feeling so so down and so just like there was so much just like I was thinking about myself and like you know really discouraging things like oh you're not good enough or you're not pretty or you don't look good or this or that like whatever it is yeah. and I was sitting there and I realized something and I just heard God speaking so clearly and it was choose choose mm. because you know the truth as soon as I was I sat there in a little bit I was giving it power I was I was agreeing with it and that's so powerful. But that the second I realized, like, no, that's a lie. It's meant to take me away. Mm -hmm. It's meant to, to stop me from pursuing God. And it's meant to take the attention from God and to put it on myself. Mm -hmm. And at the second I realized that and I stopped giving it power and I resisted, I resisted, I resisted, I resisted. Now I feel like a whole new person. Yeah. Now I feel like it's not even the same person that was being attacked under that spiritual attack because it is a spiritual attack, mm -hmm. you know. Same with the battle isn't with flesh and blood. It's an unseen battle going on in the spiritual realm, you know. Yeah. So just recognize that, understand it, and stand firm. Yeah. First of all, I just want to say you're always stunning. Oh, and I, I think you, that you have such an anointing in your life. Like God has such a purpose for you. So don't ever believe the devil because the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. <laughs> But second, so what you think about yourself can either build you up or destroy you and your thoughts eventually become your identity. Mm -hmm. So again, choose, like you said, choose to either pour life into yourself or pour death into yourself. Like you said, choose like that is it sounds so simple, but in reality, it is hard. Yeah. It's harder. It's easier Easy. said than done, <laughs> but it's absolutely necessary and yeah. you have to cut it like right when you see it happening like literally just just like rebuke it as soon as you start like hearing those yeah. words those thoughts you just rebuke it in the name of jesus like this is not who i am because i am created in the image of god 
he loves me he i'm beautifully and wonderfully made so you rebuke those mm-hmm. you start pouring scripture and reciting scripture over yourself yeah and it's not just once sometimes you rebuke it once and it keeps coming back mm-hmm. like it just yeah. continue 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 because that's what i realized it took what like a, it was like a whole hour i was in that yeah. and it was choice like i really had to keep choosing i was like don't give it life don't even talk about it and like you could see because you know my friends are like hey like are you okay are you okay and i'm just like you know it's okay to say hey i just like I need a second, like, because I recognize what this is, and I know if I even start talking about it that I'm going to give it power. Yeah. But, um... I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks. I'm <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> uh, but going on to verse 22, it says, The seed falling among the thorn refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Jesus describes the soil among the thorns and the weeds to represent those who understand the teaching about the kingdom, but however, they get distracted about worldly things. So ultimately, wealth and superficial concerns cloud their judgment and take away from the word of God. And so their potential to grow, they, they lose against the battle of materialism and the stresses of everyday life. And those cares steal away the much needed time that we're supposed to be giving to God and giving to Jesus. And like we mentioned before, that plant will never grow and mature and it'll Mm -hmm. never be able to multiply. Worry has such a direct impact on your faith. God has to command us not to worry. There's Mm -hmm. a reason that God commands it because it's not going to be our natural instinct. It's so easy to get caught up in the worries of the world. But something I realized is that worry truly shows our lack of trust in God. And it's always also like tied to us trying to have control. When we're worried about things, it's like, what can we do in our own power? Mm -hmm. But when we remember God's promise, we remember like in this world, you will have trouble. But do not fear for I have already overcome the world. We no Mm -hmm. longer are giving the worries that power. And worry is a tool that the enemy uses to get your, you to take your eyes off God and get you to focus on your circumstances. Mm-hmm. It gets you to magnify that sin and magnify the issue rather than magnifying God and how big God is. And those thorns are the things of the world, you know, so those relationships, sickness, uh, a wayward child or financial struggles, anything along those lines. But Remember that God knows what tomorrow will bring. Mm -hmm. And anything that he has allowed in your life, you have to go through it for one reason or another. A lot of the times, it's to help us to grow our faith. It's to strengthen us. And I even think about like, like my past, like my past decisions, my past choices. And I really realize now that God let those things happen. He let me make my own decisions. He let me decide for myself so I could go back and I could see how good God really is. God provides for us. He loves us. He protects us. He's going to grow us and teach us. He is all-knowing, omnipresent. Like, we can trust in this God, the God of Jesus, Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. You know, we can trust in him. He's proved himself faithful time and time again. And I think it's important to ask ourselves, what cares are you allowing to take yourself away from God? Like, what are you allowing to, to be louder than God's word? 
in uh, Joshua 1 9 I love how it says have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go I love that so much yeah he knows he knows what worries we face he knows the challenges we face and he is going to be with us we just have to choose to understand and choose to believe and as the verse goes on it really talks about that deceitfulness of wealth and I thought it was really interesting because we truly live in a world that idolizes wealth. Yeah. And it tells us that our metric for success has to be measured by the things that we have or what we can get out of the world. None of these things that we can get from the world can bring you salvation. None of yeah. it can bring you salvation the way that Jesus can. And everything that we have is temporary besides the relationship that you built with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Everything else is going to fade, but what will remain till your last breath is what you did with the blood of Jesus. How did you spend your time? What did you invest your thoughts into and your time and your energy into? And Satan, he is the God of this world. He is the father of lies. Jesus says that the truth is not in him. He cannot tell the truth. And the enemy is really good at what he does. Like we can see it just by looking at the world around us. And it makes people find their identity in their possessions, in their status, in their wealth. But that could not be further from the truth. Another thing is just to see what deceit that you have allowed to take root in your life. What lie have you let take root that's choking out the truth of God, choking out the word of God? And we can justify them. We can justify these things that are choking out God's word so that we don't have to let go of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, like little things like, uh, you know, like I, I'm going to miss church on Sunday because I want to stay out late. Or, you know, I love him and I don't care if we're unequally yoked. Mm. And I don't care if God says not to gossip. People need to know. I need to let people know. Like all of these things that choke out the word of God. You know, I don't mind if I have to post like that or I don't mind if I'm posting like that because I'm going to make money or what I'm wearing because it's cute and like the world thinks it's cute. Yeah. You know, and we have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to stand firm on God's word because trouble will come. We have plenty of trouble every day. We're going to have trouble. But are you reminding yourself to trust in him and why you trust in him and are we taking it into our own hands or when these troubles come and these thoughts come are we bringing it to god are we coming to god with those things Mm -hmm. and there's a few points that i want to make but going back to um worry i think that is something that we obviously all struggle with and there was a verse that kept going in my mind when you were speaking and it's matthew 6 verse 33 and it says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own and i have learned that and i've experienced that firsthand the moment that i started seeking god first and not caring about anything else was when everything started falling into place and it was so beautiful i was in awe of just seeing it all happen and he is the god of provision he will provide for you and then the other thing that i wanted to point out was deceitfulness how you said you know sin is deceiving and that's why i said earlier like deceitfulness since deceitfulness leads to a hardened heart um and we are just meant to be set apart so don't fall into the temptation because when we look 
like the world, they are, we're not going to face adversity. But when we're set apart, we are going to look different from them. We're going to look different from the world, from this culture, from social media. And people are going to ask you mean questions and kind of make fun of you and all these things. But you have to stand firm on the word of God. Yeah, just as much as people are going to be coming against you, you also have a family of believers that are going through that same kind Mm -hmm. of suffering. So you know you have a group of people, you have community, so find that. And if you don't, I encourage you to go, go look for it, Mm -hmm. or pray about it. Pray for God to bring these people in your life. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I do believe that there's a season where we don't have these things, so it practices that full dependency on God. But He does provide, especially Mm -hmm. this year. I know we've talked about it in our first episode, but He didn't just show up, He showed off. He brought an army of people behind us. Oh, for sure. It's crazy. Like, when it is in His will, His presence will be there as well. Like, Whenever we go out of sight of his will, his presence isn't going to be there. Mm. But when, when we're in his will, his presence will be there. He's going to have his hands all over that plan that he has with you or Amen. for you. Yeah. So, um, so going to verse 23, it says, But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. Mm. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So all I want to say about this is choose to be good soil. Mm -hmm. Jesus says that good soil is the person's willingness to truly listen and to understand his word and then to put it into practice. So when a person really listens and is committed to being good soil, the spirit gives the gift of understanding and then growth and productivity is just going to come naturally. First, um, John 15 1 through 3 says i am the true vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so it will be even more fruitful and this is a choice going back to it it's truly a choice so the holy spirit is that third part of the trinity so if you're new you know you have the father the son and the holy spirit um so first there's god And then there's Jesus, God in the flesh, and then there's the Holy Spirit, and that's God which dwells in us. And so we have the Spirit inside of us, which means that we have access to God's power. And that's why the Bible talks about, you know, greater is the one in you than the one who is in the world. And by the Spirit of God in us, we're able to produce that good fruit. We're able to have the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. And possessing these qualities and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us is going to help us achieve that spiritual productivity. And and it's going to give us the ability to have lives and to live lives that honor God. And we search for these things apart from God, and we always find just like fractions of it. And that's why we can still see good people who are completely apart from God and who Mm -hmm. don't know God. But in reality, you're never going to fully be able to produce that fruit apart from him. And I can personally attest to that. Like how many times have we grown these these qualities in ourselves? Like before I knew God, I had these. I I thought I did. You know, we talked about that last episode too. Um, And we gave ourselves the credit. Like we, instead of turning to the actual source, we said like, you know, I don't need God because I'm already a good person. You know, and those are lies that the, the deceiver, the enemy has successfully planted. And so we tell ourselves, you know, I have these virtues here, 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 and here. 
And I did it without God. And that's pride, saying that we can achieve these things apart from God. And that just disproves our need for God when we have that mindset. And in reality, those things are the things that God has gifted us in order that we can truly see him. Mm-hmm. He gifts us these things to say, oh, wow, this is so good. I don't want to glorify myself. This is so good. Where does it come from? I want to give the glory to God. Mm-hmm. And we expect, like, we want all these things, you know, but we tr- we want them and just to leave God out of it. And that's why this parable really stresses the fact of truly trying to hear God and to live by God. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. Or we can do something, but temporarily, and it's not even that great. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to Scucci, and then we got Ross, you know, yeah. we pick. Nothing wrong with Ross. I shop at Ross. But, <laughs> but you know, like, yeah, it's that, that whole analogy. You know, you can either get, like, a off-brand version of it that's not even com- compared to, like, the real thing. Mm-hmm. And we, in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 14, It says, these are things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not words taught by us by human wisdom, but words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned or understood only through that Spirit of God. So without the Spirit of God, we can't really understand the things of God. And it takes saying yes to God and inviting him in and being able to give him that environment to work. And he will come into your heart and he will reveal himself to you. And loving God is the most loving thing that we can do for ourselves. It's the most loving thing that we can do for the people around us. Because we're all searching for what God offers, but most of the time, like we don't even know where to go. That's why it's so important to have a relationship with God and to read your Bible, to know his voice, to understand his will and to to run that race that he marked out for you because you are supposed to be the salt of the earth. You're supposed to be a, a like a lit bright lit house at the top of a hill, mm-hmm. you know, and you will reap a harvest of so many blessings. And even in the darkest places and the saddest points of your life, you'll still be able to bear fruit and to have joy. And you can show people and lead people to God, that one thing that brings life. I'm reminded of that verse that says, I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be ashamed of the one thing that brings people salvation. And at that point, you'll be able to plant seeds and you'll be able to watch them grow. And most importantly, after you live this life and you have your last breath, you'll be able to stand in front of God and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I love that, Ari. And I think that the something that you touched on is the Holy Spirit, how he is the one that guides you. And, and I didn't really know much about the Holy Spirit before I got saved. And I, I knew that, you know, the God, the Father, God, the Son, but I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. 
And the more I started delving into my faith and reading the word, he is our intercessor. He is the one that gives us conviction. He is our guide. He is the one that gives us discernment. And without him, we will be leaning on our own understanding, doing things that are right in our own eyes. So really pray like for the Holy Spirit to pour over you and to guide you in every step of the way. Like you said, we are meant to be that house at the top of the hill, illuminating the whole city because we are meant to be set apart. We're supposed to be that light in a world full of darkness. Be those people that are building others up in a world that is tearing everybody down. Mm. And something that you um, mentioned, I wanted to add is like, if I boasted so much in the world, like I was so worldly and I, I always boasted about my accomplishments, my looks, my clothes, my everything that was so superficial, how much more am I going to boast for the God who saved me, transformed me, loved me and redeemed me? And mm. I will never, ever like stop boasting in him. I don't care if people are going to call me a Jesus freak. I do not care because I, if you would have seen the way that I was living and the way that I was thinking and how depressed and sad I was. And now that you meet me now, I am yeah. a completely different person and it was, it's day and night. So Praise I will God. never ever stop boasting in the one father that changed who I am. Yeah, exactly. What is it to boast in the things that we have made and there aren't even for us to take out of this world when we die, you know? Exactly. Like that, that's why it's like the gift that we have through God, the gift that we're given by that Holy Spirit, like that's like our, our ticket. He's, it even says it somewhere like, you know, that I planted that in you and that's like, that's like already like our acceptance because yeah. we have the Holy Spirit exactly. living in us. And even Paul, he said, I could boast about so many things. He yeah. said, I have so many things to boast about, but I'm the only thing that I'm going to boast about is that God took a sinner, a wretched sinner like me, mm -hmm. and he is using me. He loved me. He redeemed me. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And another thing with the Holy Spirit is that even, even in our wordless groans, that's the one that intercedes for us yeah. without words. Sometimes we are not going to have the strength to yeah. cry out to God. Sometimes you're not even going to know what to pray for. You're going to be feeling numb. And God will come and he will hear you through his spirit. And it will intercede for you. And it's such a beautiful thing. And it's something to just be so grateful for and so thankful for because it truly is such a gift. I agree. There's a verse, or not a verse, a quote that reminded me whenever you were speaking. Um, it's by Max Lucado, and it says, Your silent prayers uttered on tear-stained pillows were heard before they were said, and your deepest questions were answered before they were asked. Mm. God knows what you're going to pray for before you pray it. And like even when you don't have the words to mm -hmm. pray for and you're just so sad and you don't even know what to say, how to express yourself or explain like what you're going through, he knows what you are feeling and he knows what you want to pray for. So yeah. I think that prayer, like it's so underestimated. People do not understand the power of prayer. And just know that even if you don't have the words to say, like he knows. He knows. And advice that I wanted to give is that if you have any of these heart conditions that you're like, geez, I'm kind of 
going through this right now just know that this doesn't have to be you anymore you just have to let things happen within your spirit you have to let the holy spirit to take over and to guide you it doesn't mean just because you're going through these things right now that your path with with god is not going to be successful it's just meditating on the word understanding who jesus is and that he is a redeemer and just obviously it's easier said than done to surrender everything to god but it is necessary right and just it's possible so don't lose heart there's a verse that i want to say it's galatians chapter 6 verse 9 and it says let us not become weary in doing good mm. for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up that's so good. Mm -hmm. I love that because sometimes you feel like giving up, but you forget you want to put down your cross. Yeah, exactly. We have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him every single day. It's not a one-time thing and then you're like, you're good. You're going to be strong forever. No, it's every single day because the flesh and the spirit always fight and also the, whole, the spiritual realm. <laughs> and just to get you guys to understand too, like heaven is real. Mm -hmm. we're not meant to just live a life to pay bills mm -hmm. or to just have a family or to go to soccer practice or to do you know we are working towards heaven jesus says i have prepared to a place for you i have gone to prepare a place for you my father's house has many rooms and he's coming back for us that's why we stand firm like it's believing in the promise that's what gives you the strength is because you know this world is not your home everything here if i can stress that enough is temporary mm -hmm. your life is like a mist yeah. here one day gone the next but christ is eternal your home with him, standing with him and God and Jesus is our home. That's where we're meant to be. That's where we can find our fullness. Mm -hmm. And that's why we stand firm. That's why we say no to sin. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to far. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can even conceive of the good things that God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. Amen. I love that. For this week, we just want to leave you with some questions. Um, what obstacles or distractions represented by thorns in the parable can hinder spiritual growth and how can we overcome them? Definitely. And um, why do you think it's hard for people to stop finding security in things of this world and turning to God? And the last one is how can we help water and nourish people who sprout and start to grow in their spiritual life? Yeah, and if you guys want to comment your answers on our YouTube or our short films on Instagram, you know, we would really love to interact with you guys and to hear your thoughts and to have love faith-based discussions. That's why we have this here in the first place. Yeah. Um, okay. So thank you all for watching. And yeah, we're thank gonna... you for watching and subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, and now we are also live on Spotify, so you can listen to us on spotify and i'm pretty sure apple is yeah, coming apple. on the way it's on yeah, the way so yeah, yeah. um right. we're just gonna pray yeah. so <laughs> you would pray with us right. um. dear father thank you for this day thank you for the air in our lungs i pray that every person listening is able to apply what we talked about to their lives gone that it actually resonates with them that 
you bring life into their life and that you show them who they are, that their identity is grounded in you, God. I pray for, you know, Ari and I, that we continue to, uh, that we don't grow over wary, you know, and that we are, we trust in you and that we place our identity as well always in you, that we continue to pick up our cross and follow you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>